Amen. Well, we have uh, two events that are transpiring and taking place this month. Next week, how many of you know what next week is? Next Sunday, not this coming Sunday, but a week from Sunday is Mother's Day. Amen. So we're going to be celebrating and sharing that this morning as well about mothers. But then how many of you know what's going to take place on the last Monday of this month? Memorial Day. We're going to share about that as well today. So, but before we do that, um, uh, Ken and Patty have a testimony that they want to share with this this group uh, as a word of encouragement to you that our God reigns. Amen. Amen. He's on his throne. He does what he says uh, he will do. And he will do that not only uh, for them, but they, he'll do that for you. He will do that for anyone who will dare to trust him and believe that our God is sufficient for everything. He took care of everything in your life, in the natural, and everything in the spiritual as well. He's a good God. Amen. We have a loving Father. His only need. I found out years ago that, the, that God had a need, and I never knew what that need was. For years, even as a pastor for, for years, I never realized that God had a real need because I thought he supplied all the needs, that he had everything. But there's one thing that the father needed, and that was to complete his fatherhood. He needs man or his creation to respond back to him in fatherhood. Amen. And we've got fatherhood coming up real soon in June. Amen, that we recognize that our fathers on this earth, but how many of you know we have a heavenly father that needs the same adoration and expectancy? Matter of fact, he really deserves more. Amen. Well, let's welcome Ken and Patty as they, they come to share their testimony with us this morning. I said, normally I would let her go first. This is the backstory, and she's going to give you, as somebody famous used to say, the rest of the story. Okay. <laughs> so, um, how many of you need God to do something in your life this week, this month, this year? Amen. How about everybody? Okay. And how many times does God need to say something for it to be true? Only once, okay? And the reason I'm bringing that up is because what I'm going to share with you, I'm going to run through a couple different things, but I'm only going to read one of the multiple scriptures that go with it. So if he said it once, it's still good, okay? If there were only one time, it would still be good because he's always true. He can't lie. So if he says something, if he gives you a promise one time, he shouldn't have to repeat it. Now, I don't know how your life is, but mine is most of the time he has to repeat it two or three times before I get it, okay? His ways are way high above mine, and uh, so he has to tell me two or three times, and then I go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Most of the things you're going to hear me say... If you've been in this church very long, you will have heard them all before. 
But one of the things that we're taught here is that it's okay to repeat what God has said. In fact, it's almost mandatory because we never get it the first time. We just never do. We have lots of things going on in our lives, and so we get overcome with the cares of this world. And I, and I used to think that was a very negative thing, but there's some very nice cares. I, I care about her, okay, a lot. And so, but there's sometimes when the cares of the world overcome, I'm so concentrated on her and her needs that I forget what the Father is going to say to me so I can meet her needs, Okay. So, just talk about faith. There are three primary things concerning the subject of faith. They are, and pastor says this almost every Sunday, it is not a movement. It is not a fad. It is a lifestyle. Pastor Justin says this. It's in the, it's in the preliminary almost every week, and it for sure is if you're online. And what is a lifestyle? Your God-given identity to extend the love of Jesus in our day-to-day life. That is your lifestyle. In Hebrews, it says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence or your faith, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience. I stop there. That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Secondly, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That would be enough if he had stopped there, but he didn't. But that he is the rewarder of them that seek him. So we have a right as a children to expect rewards when we have faith according to his will. And the third thing is faith is our method of victory. That's how we overcome the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. And what is the nature of faith? What is the cycle of faith? What is the characteristic of faith? It is faith sees, faith speaks, faith acts, faith stands, faith rejoices, and faith receives. That's faith. You want to get, the, you get, want to, get to number six? You have to go through the other five. Okay? That's the cycle of faith. And there are scriptures that go with every single one of them. I'm not going to read all of them. But if you have an opportunity, uh, you can get Dr. Savell's book um, that is The Nature of Faith. It goes through those six things. These are the six things that get you to the reward point. All these things have to occur Or the reward doesn't happen. To just pray and you say you have faith, do you see it in your mind? When I pray for my 
mortgage to be paid. I see the day, I see the deed free of any encumbrances in my hand. That's the first thing, is I see it. God only said things one time. We know that from Genesis. He said, let there be light. He didn't have to say it twice. Okay, these are God's promises. They are true, and they are forever. If you've been in this church very long, you know that we talk about it's it, life and death is in your tongue. The life of your faith is in your tongue. The life of your faith is in your tongue. Say out loud the things that God has promised you. I want to keep going. I'm not going to. <laughs> I know. Faith acts. What does it take to act? Well, for some of us, one of the things we've talked to God about or he's talked to us about is paying off our bills. Well, the fact is this. I mean, I have the money to pay off all my bills right now. But the fact is I can put it in an Excel spreadsheet and say when that bill is going to be paid off. I can see that thing in that bill in my hand with a zero balance. And I can speak it into existence by using all the scriptures that tell him that he hasn't come to kill me. He's come to prosper me. Okay. So it takes some kind of act. We need to act on our faith. Faith stands. Why? Why does it stand? For we wrestle against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Why do we need to stand? Because we're in a battle. And we need to stand. The scripture is very clear. As soon as we sow the seed, the devil comes to steal it immediately. So if we're not standing, if we just sow our seed out there and then don't think about it anymore, believe me, it's not going to stand there. It's not going to stay. He doesn't like it. And he's not going to stand for it. But he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. And he has given us the right to stand. And he even gave us the, the way to stand is the full armor of God. And I'm not going to go through all that. But you, he tells you how to do it. Get the armor and get it on and you can stand. Otherwise, you can't. Faith rejoices and this is one that's i didn't know about before but the fact is if if somebody says to me uh look i really feel like the lord wants me to give you uh, a new suit and i say well okay well i'm not going to thank you until after i see the suit in my hand okay how rude is that Okay, I mean, it's rude even between us as humans. When God says he's going to do something, we need to thank him now for the thing which is in the future, whether it's the future three minutes from now or three years from now. Because the things we see are temporal. The things we don't see are forever. So those things which I don't see, the things God has promised, he is going to give me. He promises. So lastly, 
The last one is the one we really like, faith receives. So cast not away for your confidence, which is the great recompense of your reward. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we fear not. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. Not when you get to heaven. You get that, yeah, okay, that's a promise. But he knows what you need, and he will give you the recompense here on earth. Now, I've given you the concept of faith, Patty, and I have learned in this house. Now, I'll give, let Patty share the substance of things hoped for. This has been a year of abundant overflow for our house. It all started really in 2019 during the Believers Convention, which I didn't go to, uh, but I do watch it online. I felt led to give an envelope of cash that I had saved to Jerry Savelle Ministries. I had no idea how much money was in that envelope. Didn't count it. God said, do not count the money. So I don't know how much I gave them. I never received a receipt that said, this is how much you gave us. I just walked up to Carolyn one Sunday and said, God told me to give you this, going towards us getting out of debt. So that's what I did. It was a slow process for us. So then we get up to January 2020. We gave our seed money when Jerry Seville had that two service meeting in 20. We gave our money, our seed money, um, believing to get out of debt. Our seed money always goes to get out of debt. This is our getting out of debt, seed money always. That Sunday we met Pastor Julio from Laredo. Man just came up. Of course, I was greeting right here. The man was right in front of me, right face to face. He wasn't very tall. So I greeted him, said hello, and we went in. He sat right in front of us, and I walked over and said, "Um, would you like to have lunch with us today? He goes, yeah, sure. So I said, great. So I went over and told Ken he's having lunch with us, and Ken goes, why? (laughs) I said, I don't know. (laughs) I just invited him for lunch. So over the last year and a half, we have a bond with this pastor in Laredo. He is, has a Spanish-speaking church, and we pray for him every night. And when the Lord allows, we give seed money to his church that's above our tithe and offering. Lord always provides above your tithe and offering. Don't go giving seed money to somebody else. If it's not supposed to go there and if it's your tithe and offering, that's just an absolute no-no. So last year during the Believers Convention, Jerry Seville preached on smiting your enemy and your lack. So every single night, every night, first of all, I made a list of our debts and what we wanted. Ken came in. I had watched it online, of course, while he was preaching. Ken came in and I said, honey. Here's something new we have to do every night when we pray. We have to list our debts and we have to smite our enemy and our lack. 
So we have been doing that. So this is what started happening this January. January 4th, on my husband's birthday, it was for me, not him. My brother sent me a check for $5,000. He said, I hope this will help you pay a bill. Well, my brother's not a Christian. First thing I did was pay tithes. Then I paid on a bill. So that was the first thing we did. Then later on in that month, my Social Security comes around the third Wednesday of the month. It was bigger than usual. And I said, what's going on here? (laughs) Why is this money here? So Ken went and looked, and we got a letter in December that said, They had made a mistake on my Social Security, and I was now going to be getting double what I normally got. So then in March, because Ken didn't have a regular paying job, and I need to stipulate that he didn't have a regular paying job in 2019, this is the years the stimulus checks were sent out. So... Then when the third wave of stimulus checks came, we got our stimulus checks. Then about a week later, yep, a week later, Ken comes down to me. I'm sitting at my desk downstairs where I always am, looming or doing something. And he said, have you checked your bank account lately? And I'm going, oh, no, it's empty. It's, It's, what's wrong with it? So I looked And there was almost $14,000 in my bank account. And I said, I'm calling Social Security right now. He said, leave it alone. I said, no. So I tried to sign on to my Social Security, but little did I know he had already signed on and locked me out. (laughs) We share passwords and we ruin our passwords together. So we were locked out of, and so I didn't know what was going on. So I called Social Security. And they said, well, here's the deal. Um, We haven't been paying you what we were supposed to pay you since July of 2018. So immediately I looked at him and I said, we're paying our tithes. We're sending money to Pastor Julio. And then we're paying off the van which I call the queen mobile because the queen drives it. (laughs) So we paid it off and we've been a little bit of time giving to other people that are in need because there was a little bit of money left over after all of that was done. Now it's gone, but that's okay because every time we saw the mail truck coming down the road today and I said, he's delivering money. I'm expecting more checks in the mail. Just bring it on. Because every time the mailman comes, we go, oh, we going to get a check in the mail today? Yeah, we like that. Because why? We have faith and we expect it to happen. And every night. Now, I'm going to tell all of you this. If you ever need somebody to pray for you, Ken and I pray every night at 830. We'll put you on our list. We pray that. We will have perfect health. We pay our bills will be paid off. We pay for our church, our staff, and our pastors. We pray for the seniors and the people of this church. We have, 
well, it's actually, I have a routine that I go through, then he has a routine he goes through, then we kiss goodnight after we smite our enemy. So, and then by then I'm falling asleep and he goes back upstairs and does what he does at his desk. We believe that we are in the right place. We don't know why we are at Heritage. We have been here three years and we haven't figured it out yet. Sometimes we feel like we're in a desert going round and round. God, why are we here? We don't know why we're here. But we know we haven't been allowed to leave because we've tried to leave. And every single time we say we're leaving, God says, no, you're not. So we know we belong here. We just don't know why God hasn't shown us why. He hasn't said why. But we are here and you're stuck with us. So we believe we're in the right place. We are excited to see what God has in store for us the rest of this year because it's only May. And we still have a whole bunch of months to go through for God to deliver checks to us. And by the way, that spreadsheet, he did not tell you about that spreadsheet. As soon as we put that in writing, money started coming in. We did not have that spreadsheet. I kept telling him, please put this in writing. I need to know how we're going to get out of debt. I need to see it. I need to know one, two, three, four. And as soon as we did, the money started coming in. And I'm going, yeah, this works for me. Yeah, I like this. So, but we will be out of debt before October. Except for the mortgage. But that mortgage is going to be paid off. That mortgage is coming. And the mortgage is going to be paid off because there's people out there in the world that are hurting that God needs us to help. And we can help them if we don't have a mortgage that we have to fork out every month. And we can help them when God brings in and when we have our four credit cards paid off. And there is no more lack. We have abundant overflow. And that's what pastor's been preaching on since October, January, whenever. Abundant overflow is coming to every one of us. In this church building. And that's all I have to say on that. I just have one last thing. So that's the rest of the story. With more to come. We've been taught here to put our names into the promises. When we read the scripture, put your name in it. If it says that this is the promise to... Put your name in it. The promise is to you. And say it verbally. One of the things that I learned a long time ago is, and God breathed into man the breath of life, is the Old Testament part. And men who wrote the scriptures were breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. So when you read out loud, you are re-breathing the breath of God. There's, there is life and death in your tongue. How much life do you think there is when you breathe the breath of God out? And it's important. I'm, I'm not one who likes to give a lot of testimony because there are a lot of people who think when you're testifying that it's some kind of egomania or it's some kind of thing that 
it's for them, but not for you. But that's not the way it is. In Psalm 78, it says, we will not hide them. That is our testimonies from our children, Lord, showing to generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Ken, in Ken and Pat Woolman and appointed the law which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, should rise and declare them to their children, that they might set the people's hope in God and not forget the works of God. That's why the testimony is important, because I know that anything he has done for us, he is more than willing to do for you. We love you. Thank you for everything. Amen. Well, thank you, Ken and Patty. Amen. How many of you really believe this all for you as well? Amen. You're blessed in your body. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. Everything you put your hand to, God causes it to prosper. Amen. That's you. That's me. Amen. Well, how many mothers do we have in here? We're going to invite Pastor Diane to come up and share with you concerning Mother's Day. So do ours. When they start moving back in, I'm out. You got to have a microphone as well, babe. Praise the Lord. It is wonderful to see everyone here today. We're just so blessed to get to meet every um, once a month with you, and we just love and appreciate each and every one of you. So anyway, uh, we do want to honor the mothers today. Um, God is, I mean, it, it is a tremendous assignment that the Lord has given us as mothers. Praise the Lord. And you know, even for ladies that have not um, given birth naturally to, you know, to, to children, we, it's just in us to bless and mother be motherly. And, you know, uh, so, Regardless if we have given uh, birth to children or um, there's always someone 
that we're taking an interest in and giving guidance to like a mother does. So, you know, I find myself um, just treating, I, I always treated all the nieces and nephews when they'd come to stay with us. You know, I just treated them like they were my own, you know, because um, I'm a mother and it's just in me to, to want to do that. So anyway, um, I just want to read this a couple of scriptures to you. <clears throat> it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So we as children... It is right for us to obey and honor our parents. We've got Father's Day coming up, as Pastor said also. It says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment with a promise. When we honor our our parents, we that is a we have a promise because in the next scripture there it says that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. What a great promise! If we want to to lay hold to long life. That's the way we do it, because this is the first, this is what we're commanded to do. Thank you, Lord. And then this passage of Scripture, I love uh, in Proverbs, the, the 31st chapter. This is for all women, regardless of whether they're mothers or not. But um, anyway, it says, who could ever find a wife like this one, she is a woman of strength and mighty valor. You know, when we when we read like um, Brother Ken was telling us, put your name in there. Diane is a woman of strength and mighty valor. Uh, valor. <laughs> you know, we have to see ourselves that way. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I just really love the way it um, just the way it reads. So anyway, she's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted her, uh, entrusted his heart for her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. Now, when I said this is for every woman, whether she's married or not, you know, whether, <clears throat> first of all, we're married to the Lord. So whether we, we have a, uh, a husband or not, we, <clears throat> in the natural, we have a husband in the spiritual, and he is our father. Uh, the, her husband has entrusted her heart, uh, his heart to her. I thought that was just so precious what Brother Ken was sharing, you know, about always being concerned about taking care of his wife. And that's, he is, you know, honoring his wife. 
her husband has entrusted his heart to her. For she brings him the rich spoils of victory. And although her life, or excuse me, and throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil. She searches out continually to possess uh, that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. You know, when over in the King James, when you read that, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, that she's just giving out to help people's needs, you know, physical needs. But that she does that. But this is the main one. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it within her. She labors within um, she labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance, and her shining light will not be extinguished. Our lights are not going out, ladies, no matter how dark the night. She stretches out her hands to help the needy. And she lays hold of the wheels of government. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor. For she always reaches out her hands to those in need. She is not afraid of tribulation. For all her household is covered uh, in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, and a, a purple gown to um, of exquisite, exquisite linen. Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting as the venerable judge of his people. Even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. She's, we're not afraid of the latter days. We look forward to them with joy because we have Jesus. is a, Our Father is everything, and our Jesus, Jesus is our elder brother, and he is with us. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. Um. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving uh, instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and <clears throat> meets every need they have. Her sons and daughters arise in one accord to extol her virtues, and her husband arises to speak of her in glowing terms. There are many 
valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended above them all. Charm can be misleading, and beauty is vain, and so quickly fades. But this virtuous woman lives in the wonder and awe and fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity. So go ahead and give her the credit that is due. For she is become a radiant woman, and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. So we honor you, women. We we are so proud and blessed to get to have the opportunity to fellowship with you and to to just share with one another. But we so it's for it says for she has become a radiant woman, and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. You are admired at the gateways of every city for who you are and what you possess in Jesus Christ. Thank you, babe. You, you learn. Go ahead. Yeah. That's the description of the wife I married. So. Oh. Absolutely. Amen. Same here. I know. Same here. We, we all married the same woman. Yeah, some are shorter than others, but nonetheless, amen. Amen. Well, I can honestly, uh, I can honestly say that my wife uh, is a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Amen. You talk about somebody who's a prayer warrior. Uh, whenever I was sleeping, many times she was in the other room praying. Uh, with uh, our children on her mind, especially our son, as he was uh, going through trials in his life and everything else. And she's the one that was on her knees constantly. I would get up at, you know, sometimes 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. She'd still be up praying and believing God for supernatural intervention. And how many of you know, we got it. Amen. Praise God. So I esteem, I esteem you ladies uh, highly in the Lord. Uh, what a tremendous uh, blessing you are. And you need to be honored uh, for your, your endurance, for your longevity. You know, the reason God called you to be a helpmeet was, did you know that the, the rib that was taken out of Adam it was taken out of his side. That rib was a 
protected. It was, it was to protect the internal organs of the man. And that's what the woman does is she walks alongside of, she's his helpmate and he's her protector to see to it that she's cared for, nourished and ministered to. That's the reason that the Lord told the man to love his wife, even as Christ loved the church. How many of you know he still loves us? How many of you know he's taken really good care of us? He has provided everything that is necessary. Amen. Well, how many of you know my part was to share about Memorial Day? How many of you know Memorial Day is coming up? And how many of you even know what Memorial Day really is all about? I think some of us probably do. Hopefully most of us do. But uh, I looked it up so I could get the actual definition of what Memorial Day represents. So I'm just going to read it to you. It says, A day set aside in the United States of America to honor the men and the women who died while serving in the U.S. military. Officially, it's observed on the last Monday uh, in May. That began in 1971. That wasn't the beginning. You know that there was another name for this particular day. It was called uh, Decoration Day. It was a day set aside for the same purpose, for the same reason, and it was changed in 1971. Up until then, the Memorial Day started in 1868 is when it started after the Civil War to recognize and to observe and to appreciate those that had gone on, uh, you know, from this life uh, because of their activity uh in the services for the United States of America. And so in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, how many of you know that there are all kinds of memorials that were provided for by the children of Israel every time that there was a supernatural thing that God did in the nation of Israel? It could either be by battles. It could be because of deliverance out of... uh, Egypt's bondage, whenever they crossed over the Red Sea, what did they do? They pitched a memorial. The reason that they put up a memorial was to remind their children of and would teach them the stories of what happened and how they got delivered. And that went on for hundreds and thousands of years. And even to this day, they still tell the stories of the victories based upon the memorials that have been placed. I want to read to you one story in particular concerning uh, that. But before I do that, I also wanted to, uh, you know, I asked the question years ago. uh, I was talking to someone. It it was whenever I was uh, much younger in life. And I knew that we uh, celebrated Memorial Day, but I also knew that we celebrated Veterans Day. What was the difference between the two? I never quite understood what the difference was between the Veterans Day and the Memorial Day. Well, a Veterans Day uh, was uh, known back in, up until 1954, it was called Armistice Day. And it represented uh, exactly those that had uh, 
served in the United States forces, um, and that annually on May, on, excuse me, November the 11th for honoring military veterans who are people who have served in the United States Armed Forces that were discharged underneath conditions other than dishonorable. How many of you know that there are three discharges in the service of military? One is honorable. One is what? General. And the third one is dishonorable. So Veterans Day was set aside for the purpose of honoring those veterans that served in the military forces, men and women, for the purpose of their service. It was different, distinguished different, and is distinguished different from that of Memorial Day. Memorial Day is those that have lost their lives in the midst of the battle. And so we observe and we set that aside. So how many of you know that our military, thank God for our military. Amen. We have the greatest military literally in the world. And, of course, we're being challenged on every hand. This nation, regardless of her problems, and, and she has plenty, but I want you to know she's still the greatest nation on this planet. It is hard to imagine. I know uh, I served in the Navy during the Vietnam era, and uh, I'm telling you, when I got back home and I landed back in San Francisco uh, for my discharge out of Treasure Island, but whenever I landed in the United States of America again, I did just like many soldiers did. I knelt down on the pavement and kissed the, the turf that I was on. I was so thankful to be home, the land of the free and the brave. Thank God I got home. I was thankful and grateful. Never have been so bad. Until you've been in a third world country, you cannot really appreciate this nation. But we are so blessed in every venture and venue of life. Those of you who've been overseas, you you know you know what uh, uh, that that you had to deal with and everything else. So Memorial Day is coming up on the thirty first of this month, the last Monday of this month, and we will be celebrating in this church as well the Sunday before Memorial Day. There will be an honorable time that we uh, recognize our fallen in service, and so. Uh, we want to remember that. Amen? Amen. But I want to mention one uh, other memorial that has been established, and I'm going to read to you out of Matthew's Gospel. It was a special time when Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John on a on a trip, on a journey. You You know of it in in uh, Matthew chapter 17, it starts at verse number 1. It was the time of transfiguration. And I want you to just keep in mind, every time that the Jews recognized, the Jewish people, they recognized some historic event that had transpired and taken place, they would build a memorial. 
That was their culture. That was their nature. Just so that they would have something of remembrance that they could remember back and teach their children concerning those wonderful times of great deliverance, whatever, great victories. And so I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 17, starting at verse number 1. And it says, And after six days Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as, uh, as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles. He was making that statement because Peter was accustomed to, to creating or causing a memorial to be placed up to remember this event that they could tell their children. And so he said, let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I want to ask you this question. How did Peter know that that was Moses and how did he know that that was Elijah? He could only have known that by the Spirit. That is the only way he could have known that. Because Moses had been, had been removed from this earth many, many years before the days of Peter up on this planet. Same thing with Moses. And what did they represent anyway? Why Moses... And why Elijah? Foundation. This is your opportunity to share. Joseph. Five seventeen. Prophets, but I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus came to satisfy everything that was necessary. So when Peter saw this, when he saw Moses and when he saw Elijah, the first thing that he wanted to do was to raise up a memorial of remembrance of that great notable day of the Lord because he believed that Jesus was setting up his kingdom. That's what they were believing for, was the Messiah to come and set up the kingdom that he would reign and rule as king. How many of you know that he is reigning? He is ruling. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. And how many of you know he is returning? And when he returns, he is going to set up his kingdom once again up on this earth for a thousand years. And you and I will reign with him Amen. as kings and as priests. We're reigning now as kings and priests. But we're going to actually reign on this planet called earth because those that have preceded us and gone before us are returning with him. And those of us that are here at their return are going to be called up together. We're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Mortal will put on immortality. 
Immortality is eternal life. How many of you know you have eternal life now already? The seed is there. It's in you. <coughs> Jesus left that as a memorial for you and I. So that we could relate back and we could refer back. Everything that Jesus did was a memorial. How many of you know that actually Memorial Day is every day for the Christian? Because we have the remembrance of everything that Jesus has accomplished for us. I have the right to be healed because he satisfied healing and deliverance. I have the right to be delivered. I have the right to prosper and to be blessed in every endeavor of my life because he made a way where there seemed to be no way. How many of you know he makes doors that no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open? Thank God we serve a God that is sufficient in everything. He lacks nothing, and we have all of the possessions that are necessary. Right now, you can truly say every one of the promises are yes and amen to you and to me, and you can put your name in there, just as was stated. And you should. And you should declare them on a day-by-day basis. He goes on and he says... Says to them, uh, then answered Peter, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us here, if thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and be and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, And they were sore afraid. And Jesus came and he touched them and he said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. How many of you know when the Lord touches you and has touched you, it is a supernatural event. And you ought to set up a a memorial in your heart. Never to forget that great and notable day of the Lord when he came into your life and changed you. You know, we make this, we make this, this statement, when the Lord found me, he, he never was lost. He, he was never lost. He, he knew exactly where you were all the time. He knew exactly uh, what you were up to. He knew exactly what had transpired in your life, and yet he was a friend that was sticking closer than a brother. He was there to meet your every need. Aren't you thankful and glad that he he stands on the right hand, or he sits on the right hand of the Father? He's on the edge of his seat right now because he's waiting for the Father to say, Go get him. Go get him. That's you. That's me. And so... You and I are in preparation for that day when we meet the Lord in the air. And I know many of us, we have questions that we'd like to... I mean, I have some questions. Number one, I'd like to talk to Adam just for a few seconds. <laughs> just ask him. I just want to ask him one, one question. Why? Yeah. Why? But you know what? It won't make any difference in that day. He said, whenever you come face to face with the Lord, he says, you'll know as you've been known. Amen. And he's going to present to you your name that has been scrolled in a stone 
and he's going to hand you that stone and it's going to have your name that he named you from birth. Your, your name might be called boy, but whenever you stand before the Lord, he's going to give you your real name, the name that he named you. Amen. You, you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. Thank God for mothers. Amen. The mother of all living. Thank God for them. Because they brought forth the seeds that he had planted into their lives in order for his fatherhood to be fulfilled and completed. I know when that day comes, what a day of rejoicing it's going to be for our Father, for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus, and for the angels of heaven. They're rejoicing even now for that great day of the Lord come. What a memory and memorial that we have in Jesus. And that's what I want you to get out of this, is we have something that we can back and fall back on every day. We don't celebrate it once a year. We celebrate this every day. And I'm in another army. I fought in the United States Armed Forces, but I'm in another army. It's called the Army of God. I'm still in an army. I'm still on the battlefield. I'm still fighting, just like you are. Amen. Going left, 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 left. All right, we'll go to the right. Go to your left, your right, your left. Go to your left, your right, your left. Amen. Amen. Those of you that served in the services know what we were a, a disciplined army. How much more should the body of Christ be of a higher order of order? He has given us the word for order and he's given us commands. Amen. How many of you know everything that the devil is up to? You've got the word on it. You've got the word on it. You know, Jesus didn't have to fight the devil. Jesus took authority over the devil. Did you notice that when Jesus raised the dead, it was, it was easy? It was easy. And you say, well, he's the son of God. No, the son of God had to be obedient as a soldier, just like you and I do. He submitted to everything that you and I have to submit to. And he did it without sin. You say, well, he, he was sinless. That's because he chose to be sinless. He chose to walk in what you and I had to walk in. He had to walk it out first in order for you to be able to walk it out. How many of you know everything that was lost in the garden has been restored? Everything. So you and I are prepared. Well, pastor, I'm, you know, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm elderly. Well, how much more? How much more should you and I? Amen. You're, you're pillars. You're, you're not just, you know, people that sit in a pew. You're, you're not, you know, you're, you're not just a, a part of the, uh, of the crowd. You're, you're part of leaders. As elderly, as the elderly, as we, as we move. How many of you know that the older, the younger women? How many of you know that the older men are to teach the younger men? Yeah. 
Amen? So we're teachers. We're equippers. We're ready to help to, you know, bring up, to bear up, and to fulfill the vision of this house. That's who we are. We're ministers. We've got the message of reconciliation. We know, how many of you have been through a few things in life? Some ups, some downs. You know, in life, you faced a few challenges, and you're still here. You're still here. Well, you're not here just to pine away in a, wheel, in a, in a chair, a wheelchair, or anything else. You're here to be about the master's business, doing the things that need to be done. What an influence you can be upon this young generation that we have. We have a generation called the millennials. They're lost. And the reason they're lost is because their parents have stopped following the premise of the things of God. And they're not taught the values of the Lord. The reason that we've had such a decline in our country is because we kicked God out of everything. But how many of you know, He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back into our nation as well. It may not look like it, but hang around some longer and you're going to find out. I just read an article day before yesterday of the oldest woman in America right now. She's 114. Amen, 114. And some of us think, well, that's really old. Well, according to the Word, it's not. Uh, according to the Word, you know, Adam was 930. Well, he lived in a different time. No, he did not. God put in 24 hours in a day. Amen. The sun comes up, sun goes down. It's 24 hours in a day. Adam lived on the same planet called Earth that you and I live on. Methuselah was 969. And if you go back, he took naps every day. Well, Methuselah started at about 600. But the truth of the matter is, is sin was on the earth, but it wasn't prevalent like it is today. The reason for death is sin, the nature of sin. And so time has kind of squeezed down. Sin has been upon the earth, but where sin abounds... Grace does there much more abound. So we can live out this life to its fullest every day. Uh, there, there's two words that you need, or there's really several words you need to take out of your, your vocabulary. Number one, don't meditate upon dementia. Don't think about dementia. Don't think about Alzheimer's. Why would you give any thought, give any place to those things? It seems to happen in the elderly. Well, you're getting elderly. Any of you forgetting things? I forget things, but I've been doing that ever since I was a kid. I don't have dementia, and I don't intend to ever have it. Amen? It's not for me. It's not for you. Amen? Your mind is strong, and it's supposed to be strong. He gave you a sound mind. 
And so you and I need to function in that and believe that and stand on that and confess that into your life. You need to stay away from the word cancer. Just because cancer is a, is a name and it has circumstances that go with that name. There's all kinds of cancer, but you don't have to have it. No plague comes nigh your dwelling. No evil shall befall you all the days of your life. Amen? Amen. Keep confessing it. Well, pastor, I, I've gone some through some things. So what? Stand on the word. Amen. Listen, I'm, I'm 74, going to be 75, not too long. And if I can do this, you can do this. And then you hear about Brother Copeland. If he can do this, you can do this. He's believing for 120. Hundred and twenty with a sound mind and still preaching. Amen? Still physically able to move around and do what needs to be done. Amen. Call those things that be not as though they are. Start speaking to your body. You got hands, lay hands on yourself. Put hands on yourself. Amen. Do what you need to do. You know, if you if you need to put a little salve on something, put salve on there. And in the name of Jesus, put your, the, the word on it. Put the salve, put, the, put a gospel on it. Take a gospel, put it on you. Amen. Make yourself a memorial to the Lord in longevity of life and health and everything else because that's what he's called you to. That's what he's called me to. Amen. I just had um, yesterday a young lady... As we close, a young lady uh, called. As a matter of fact, she contacted the ministry here first, and she said, uh, I don't know if Pastor Phil is a part of the ministry staff at uh, Heritage of Faith or, or what, but I just saw uh, he and, uh, on video, you know, from, I guess, from last, the last Wednesday that I ministered here at the church, and, which was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she said, I was underneath his ministry for 10 years. Can you get a message to him if he is a part of that church or if he's just a guest speaker at that church and let him know that I am uh, would love for him to give me a telephone call? Uh, I'd like to talk with him. And so she said, I served in a, underneath his ministry for a decade and before they moved down to Florida. And uh, so uh, I got the message. They sent it to me. And then I had another person that she had contacted, contacted me and said, Pastor, is it all right if I give them out your telephone number? And I certainly would be fine. So I didn't wait for them to call me. I called them on the phone. And whenever I got her on the phone, she explained to me why she was calling and everything else. And before we got off the phone, she said to me, she said, Pastor, she said, I just want you to know that you and Pastor Diane are such a part of my life of being raised up in the word of faith all those years. She said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't remember. I, I tell my children all the time, this is what Pastor Phil said. This is what Pastor Phil said. Well, how many of you know it's not so important what Pastor Phil says unless he says what the word says? Yeah. 
And so it was the word that she was talking about. And she started crying on the other end of the phone. And so I just ministered to her for a few minutes. And I said, listen, you have my number. You can call me anytime you want to call. I said, I appreciate it. I said, you're in a church. She says, I'm in a good church. I said, well, he's your pastor. She said, but you'll always be my pastor. And the problem that I was having had to do with one of her children. She said, I couldn't think of any other person that I'd rather talk to and have my daughter talk to than you. So I was telling Diane this morning, you know, people, it's amazing the impact that you have on people's lives. You just have no idea the impact you have on these young people's lives in here. Believe me, they're watching you. And they're listening to see you're important and valuable. Amen to this body. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Well, the greatest thing that we can leave, if Jesus tarries and we go by the way of the grave at 120, or older, the greatest thing that we can leave is our Christian witness and testimony of who we are and what we possessed in Him. Amen? Would you stand with me? I want to thank you again for you being here today. Amen. We're believing for this to continue to grow. Next time, we may have to go into the sanctuary. We'll fill her up. We're filling this up, so let's fill that up. Amen. We still have a number of our, our adults that are our age, 55 and up, that uh, have still not attended yet for various and undry reasons. Some of them think they're too young. Some of them don't want to step into that venue yet. But if you're there, you're there. You know, praise God. And we have others that have attended that are not that age yet, but they want to be a part of what's going on and be a blessing to us. Amen. Praise God. I don't know how many needs that might be represented here, uh, but I want you to know that as we agree together, we're going to pray together, we're going to believe God for supernatural intervention, whether it be you personally or in your family. Let's just let's agree together before we're dismissed. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We do praise you. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, and your goodness to our life. We thank you, Lord, for that which you have accomplished so that we can be all that you've called us to be. You've made every provision that is necessary. And so, Lord, we just grab a hold of those truths, and we just cling to the promises of provision in our life, in our spirit, our soul, our body, and our domestic needs as well. You've made the provision for it. So, Lord, we not only claim it, we believe it, we receive it, And we thank you, Lord, that it's manifesting even as we speak into our lives. 
Just as what happened with Ken and Patty, you're no respecter of person, but you are a respecter of the principle of your word. And you've made that provision for all of us, and it's up to us as individual to go on, go out and grab a hold of those provisions and thank you in advance for the victories that are rightfully ours. Lord, if there's one that is here that needs healing for their body, You've already made that provision, so we secure that and appropriate that right now into their life. And we command their bodies to line up with the Word of God, be restored back to normal operation and function. If you need to replenish, replace, or put in something brand new, we don't care how it gets done. We just thank you that it is done in our covenant right and relationship in the blood of Jesus. If there is uh, something that we need to be delivered from, we thank you, Lord, for your deliverance. We are God's property. And Satan, I remind you, you have no rights whatsoever to God's property. That means not only our children, but their children. That's our children's children. And so we thank you, Lord, and their children's children. We have the right to claim your protective hand upon their lives. And we do so in Jesus' name and by the power of the blood and the covenant that we bear in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for provisions in life, in everything, in our finances, in our relationships, as husbands, as wives, as moms, as dads, as grandmoms, granddads, great-grandmoms, great-granddads. We claim those provisions for our lives and for all of our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We just give you praise now. We give you honor and glory. We thank you for your blessings, Lord, flowing in and through us. We claim your promises to be obvious and evident in our lives. From the time that we rise up in the morning until the time that we go to sleep at night, and even during our sleep time, you protect us. You said that our sleep would be sweet. And so we thank you, Lord, for witty inventions and ideas. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your breath that you have breathed into us in the beginning and the breath that we still take. Day by day, we're grateful and we're thankful. Things that we take for granted, Lord, help us to be able to look and see that if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have any of it. But because of you, we have all of it. And so we thank you for it. Bless every household that's represented here today. And those that could not come for whatever reason, we just ask your blessings upon them and their families and their extended families. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we just give you all of the praise for it. Everybody's in agreement, say amen. Amen, amen and amen.